0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode. I'm pleased to introduce my guest today, who is Suzanne Baumbach. And Suzanne works with the Bob Proctor. So we're very privileged to have you today, Suzanne. Tell us, what's it like working with Bob?
1: Well, obviously, I didn't choose this profession Two or three years ago, if somebody would have told me back then that I'm working as a coach in another two or three years, I would have thought they have gone crazy. But, you know, it's one of those sudden experiences or whatnot, one of the sudden, you know, blessings that occurred in my life when I started out. I was basically seeking for some information, something to really work on myself. And I Googled around on the internet and found Bob Proctor. Now, in 2005, when I saw him the first time on television, I thought, this man is crazy. Like, really crazy. <laughs> there was the scene in the movie, The Secret, where he says, you know, basically, you should kiss your hand when you wake up in the morning. And I felt like, that was odd. And still something inside of me felt, it must be Bob Proctor. So I, I signed in the coaching program. And it was amazing. All this information wasn't something that I ever heard in my life. But yes, it did sound and it did resonate a lot with my thinking. So then by the end of the first month, he had this five-day event going on where he announced that people could actually become a consultant of his. And it didn't make sense for me to really say, I go in, but my intuition kept telling me, enroll, become a coach, enroll. It didn't make sense because I was so shy, I was so scared to really leap in. And when I made a decision pretty quick within two days that I'm going to do it and I haven't looked back yet you know it, there was no looking back after that it's a whole new world
2: so um,
0: can you describe the transformation to us that you've you've gone through and that you're now feeling the benefit of
1: yeah so a bit about my background i grew up in east germany so in my area where i was there was nothing in regards to coaching self development when it was in east germany there was only political parties the pub and the church some other people might joke and say well anyways you had a political party and the church and you know uh, it was still It was very restricted, let's say. You know, my father has been suffering from alcoholism for a long time. He fights this battle already about 45 years. My mom has been suicidal, so I was always in between. I was always seeking for something like a mentor, like a coach. Especially after watching the movie My Fair Lady, Professor Higgins is a mentor. This is what he's doing with Eliza. He's teaching her how to build up the self-image, how to conduct herself, how to speak, how to eat, how to talk with people. This is what I was always craving for. So years and years I have been, you know, very interested for you know, growth for mindset, but I wasn't, I wasn't in an environment where people would have been able to cater my needs. And I think in 2019. I started out watching all these motivational videos, you know, like in in, in YouTube where they say like, get up every morning at 4 a.m., run. Nobody's sleeping more than four hours, six hours. And then I found Robin Sharma. And so he was actually the first person that I really started to stick to and study. And then I leaned into Bob Proctor that I was previously in childhood very much suffering from a low self-image. Scared talking to people, really scared to show up in front of a camera, very low self-image. I didn't choose the best friends, because when we have a low self-image, we will always choose something that is in harmony with who we are. wasn't very confident. The big change, you know, with going to Bob was, you know, the confidence got up. I do lies now. I'm on podcasts like this one here. Speak to strangers. I don't have an issue talking life in a video in front of half a million people. I became a partner in a marine conservation internship. I became a partner in a marine conservation organization. Did internships. I'm a diver now. You know, I become a rescue diver this year. I become a dive guide this year as well. So that is the beauty. You know, we always think it's only mindset studies. But the truth is the more we invest in us the more we enable ourselves to really invest our energy into something that really builds this type of future in the present moment that we want to
2: have for anyone out there struggling to understand what we mean by the
0: present moment how would you explain to them
1: well, it's like a sand watch. You call it a, do you call it in English a sandwich Where the sand is running from, from top to bottom? Sand clock or something like that? We only have the present moment. But that present moment is going to define the next moment, the next 10 minutes. Whatever we think about in any given moment is going to determine what happens in our life sounds a bit like you know new age what this this girl drinking what this this girl smoking but it's really true we are surrounded by formless substance any given moment and whatever we think and feel we imprinted on this formless substance and this formless substance substance is going to give us to think what we want it's all about energy and that is so key you know Sadly, you know, people don't know about all these things. We learn so many things at school, but we don't learn us. We don't study us. How would you be able to really change results in your life if you don't know who you are? And that is so key for anything because in the end, we are the only solution to our problems and we are the only cause of our problems that we will have in, in life. And that, you know, has been one of the many things that Bob really taught me. And yes, at times, you know, mindset studies can be hilarious because at times we
2: see, you know, ourselves in a funny light. We observe our thinking maybe in a different way. Yeah. So, for anyone out there that
0: doesn't know the personal development growth, that maybe does know it, but struggles to see a growth mindset, struggles to see a new version of themselves, struggles to override conditioned behavior how would you help them through the phase of awareness to understanding the symptom
1: well i i always tell people number one what are your goals what is your vision in life you know zone out from all the present circumstances they are there, yes, we know, but the truth is, we want to tune. in first of all, what do you really want? Only three percent of the entire population has a C-type goal, and in written form, and in a, you know, on a card with them. How can we have a meaningful life on this planet if we don't have a goal that is worthy of us? I don't say we, wor- you know, we were or us being worthy of a goal. No, opposite, the goal worthy of us. People might be trained for a marathon for a long time. Then this marathon happens and they realize that wasn't a goal because I made it, right? It's not with goals about achieving it. It's about who we become. I always say, go for a goal that you're burning with passion for it's a bit like when you date and you fall in love with somebody and you have always you know those butterflies in your stomach and you can't sleep and you can't eat and people get annoyed because you keep talking about your goal or about that person it's the same but yet again I don't know if my if I'm even allowed to say this on the podcast this goal is meant to scare the shit out of you because you don't know how to do it Edison, he didn't know how he's gonna invent it, you know, the light bulb. The, you know, the Wright brothers, everybody thought they are jolly nuts. The father wanted to send them to therapy.
2: So this is the number one thing. Why are you here on this planet? And I don't mean, you know,
1: for, you know, just the entertainment of ourselves. There's a reason why every one of us is on this planet. What do you want to build out of it? You know, this is our privilege. We can say whatever we want to achieve. But that's the starting point. When you are fused so much with your vision in life, is the moment when you actually find the right people. Once the vision becomes us, is the moment when we start attracting the right people.
2: Always works that way. So, if, for instance, somebody
0: has not got clear an idea of, let's call it their twin flame, or their Mm -hmm. uh, intimate life partner,
2: Mm -hmm. uh,
0: you're suggesting that people or intimate partners might show up that aren't exactly what they're looking for. Mm. And if they were to create clarity around their standards, the boundaries, what they sought from the other person in a relationship, I'm getting the sense that you're suggesting that person or that twin flame would then show up. That's quite some prophecy. Um, how can you be so sure?
1: We attract who we are. Okay. This is the thing, you know, let's say you meet somebody and you like that person, right? You You see something in them. Why do you like them? Simply because they mirror something that is part of you already, but you don't see it in you. You see it in the other person. We always relate to something that is related to us. Now, you know, the more you work on yourself, the taste changes in anything. Could be the taste for, you know, the daily life, the clothes, how you entertain yourself, what kind of people you're hanging around. Let's say me as a teenager, for example, the types of guys that I favored then are not my taste today anymore because I've grown. You know, I was basically in love with everybody from the you know British band Take That. But anyways, they are not my guys anymore. But this is the thing. <laughs> and this is the thing, you know, we grow. Falling in love means you resonate with somebody. You resonate. Now, the more you work on your mindset, for example, let's say you have a goal, okay? You fuse with the goal and you start developing yourself, you you develop the right self-image that is in accordance to somebody who really makes that happen. That means you grow so much in your thinking that you will want to have a partner that is the same on, on the same page like you. That is what is really important, you know? Maybe somebody like Richard Branson has a different consciousness than, like somebody, you know, who's working at Walmart. I don't down on Walmart, but this is the thing. Everybody has a different perception, a different logic based on their own self image.
2: Mm. And that is really important when choosing partners Right. or anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
0: Here's an interesting question for you. And I talked about it recently with a couple of guests and across a a solo episode I did. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that kindness is taken as weakness by some people?
1: It's a belief system. It's an education thing. Look at boys when they grow up. They are taught to be manly man up don't cry don't show feelings there's a big misconception between you know feminine and masculine energy so masculine energy people would feel like you know the guy who has like 20 girls in a limbo in front of the house very bossy very dominant la dida. and feminine you know the women with the long hair and I, I don't know whatever Truth is, we have both energies. So the feminine energy is intuition, imagination. These are traits, the flow, the ease. Masculine energy is the grinding, the hustling, the planning, the strategy. These are, you know, energy levels. We all have both of them. The trouble is, you know, same again. Reproduce, let's say, you know, we produce another generation we teach them stuff from books but it doesn't necessarily mean that they learn how to deal with themselves so kindness you know kindness is referred very often as something like you know like a positive trait of women for example but man has to be you know the hunter you know he hunts for food he hunts for women kind of um it's a it's a perception thing i think
2: and it's also belief, you know, we can believe anything. Mm. Mm. It, it,
0: it's such a fascinating topic, this. Um, what do you think brings people together when you've got masculine energy and masculine energy? Or feminine and feminine energy is that possible because the magnetic theory suggests that you need both uh, feminine and masculine in order for Mm -hmm. it to stick together so is it possible to have feminine and feminine or masculine and masculine
1: you can't have only one energy you always have both Let's say, you know, the Wright brothers, when they invented the, the planes, they tapped into feminine energy. They imagined. They had intuitive hits. But then they got into strategic, you know, planning, grinding, you know, detailed plans. So there's no, there is no this or that. I think the whole debate about what is a man... How, is a, you know, how does a man have to be like? I think, you know, something in this planet is going to change because, you know, women also work today. They make their own decisions. Men start, you know, drinking, you know, vegan milk, have, you know, like uh, <laughs> with long hair in a bun and look like Vikings and still eat vegan and, and take care of their kids. There's a lot of changes now.
2: Mm.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think obviously that's driven by we've become who other people in society have thought or taught us who and what we should be. Whereas now there is this greater element of consciousness and people are being or acting more their authentic and true, genuine selves. Um for, uh, I, for instance, my preference is almond milk. I like almond milk.
1: Yeah,
0: That's just me. Me too. <laughs> um, let's skip to marine con- conservation just for a minute, because yeah. I think we might pique the audience's interest this way. We'll come back to the growth mindset and personal development in a minute. But marine conservation how why how how did it how did it happen
1: i feel the skin of whales ever since i am 10 years on my head i always feel them i think it's a soul connection and um, you know i was always very much into um, citizens in particular um, first time i ever saw whales was in iceland about three years ago. I cover my beloved. They are my beloved. They're everything, really. I went there because I wanted to snorkel with humpback waves. This is something I don't speak fondly of um, today because I feel, you know, there's a difference between me swimming in the ocean and the way it happens to come by versus actually going into their habitat and joining them because they don't have a chance to go away and choose, you know, do I like that little one or don't I like it? But anyways, but, you know, being I was surrounded by such a beauty really touched me and it cost me basically to become a coach. So, yeah, I did internships after that. I am um, not having fish. We have skipped having fish at home because we want to assist the oceans as much as, you know, possible. Commercial fishing is the number one reason why the oceans have, you know, really difficulties. And, uh, yeah.
0: We, when we talked, I uh, told you that I'm training some of the straits of Gibraltar to raise awareness around plastic pollution. In your mm-hmm. marine conservation efforts, what effect have you seen with your own eyes that plastic has taken uh, on the marine environment?
1: Well, this is the problem, you know. Nobody wants to address it openly, but, you know, a, there was a documentary which is called Sea Spirey the main plastic that we have issues with is from, you know, commercial fishing. Which even the nets, you know, but people are just dumping into water. There's a lot of marine debris, unfortunately. And there's also this myth, you know, that, you know, having fish is healthy. But in truth, we can't allow ourselves to have fish anymore, honestly speaking. Because, you know, the whole marine ecosystem is relying on, flow of all different kinds of species so you know having plastic in the ocean is could be many things unfortunately you know politics don't really openly address it because the lobby of commercial fishing is pretty big it's what i think you know it's this myth you know that you have to be by the ocean and have a good fish it's like anything you know it's also yet again a belief But most importantly, I think it's not the commercial fishing, but it's our choices. What kind of choices do we have in our thinking? How does it affect our feeling? And our feeling is going to be affecting the actions that we take day by day. And, you know, environment is our looking glass. This is what is written in the book. Our environment shows what is going on inside in any situation.
2: Yeah, but I, I th- it it it's so
0: alarming to me that people can't see um, the damage that we're doing. You know, like th- there's all these movies and documentaries, and people still choose to ignore it. So it's uh,
1: how would you, how would it be different? You know. But you know, starting yet again from, you know, when kids go to school, you take away their imagination and tell them to man up or to grow up. They don't learn how their mind is working.
2: Mm.
1: It's such a precious tool that we have. Yet we don't know how to use our intuition, you know, our perception, our will, our reason, our memory. And what good can come out out of it? It's not mostly, you know, out of, let's say, a bad interest. But if you equip somebody with the biggest things and they don't know how to use it, then what will come out? And this is why I think, you know, mindset studies is the future of us in, in regards to politics, in regards to climate, in regards to conservation on any level, because... It's about the choices
0: that we make. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have, um, I have people come to me and they're so motivated and enthusiastic. They want to learn everything. And mm. um, I have to explain to them that if they won, I gave them all the tools, mm. they would never be able to use them all or know how to use them all so they couldn't actually implement and i think that's really one of our biggest issues is the fact that we allow the ego's interpretation of expectation we have a certain expectation and um we allow the ego to drive that so like you know, I want to affect plastic pollution reduced by X in Y time. Well, my timeline is probably unrealistic because it's driven by my ego. But if we sit down with many conservationists and organizations out there, then we might see my X and Y align in a different time frame. I think it's about consistent behavior, uh, really. Like what we've seen, to date with the ecosystem and the environment and the atmosphere Mm -hmm. is an out of sight, out of mind principle. Mm -hmm. And I think more of us need to bring that into the eyesight so that people can see it and not be so afraid of it. I think that's why people are so keen for it to remain out of sight, out of mind, because Actually, at their very core essence, they're afraid of it because they know it is basically the destruction of our own survival.
1: Yeah, but you know, I do believe that what we destroy, we can resurrect as well. You know, there's ways, you know, the form is substance that we have around us. I don't know, you maybe watched the movie Avatar. Yep. So they had, you know, a scene where they told that they basically whatever has been destroyed can, re- have been, can be rebuilt. And the whole universe is, you know, operating by a law which is called perpetual transmutation of energy. Energy cannot be destroyed. It fuses, it changes, but it's not, you know, destroyed. And we don't even know how many powers we have in our human mind, you know? The stuff that we, saw, that we have done maybe 100 years ago, you know? They wouldn't have thought that one day we are gonna talk through a device with each other. So this is the thing, this is why we want to study us. Yes, marine, you know, biology is really important. What they do, you know, on the field in the studies is important as well. But mindset has to play a really big part in it. Because, you know, this is the thing. If we keep focusing on our current results, we're going to tune into the results. This is, are the results what we want? Because that is going to magnify everything. And what I think about is going to show up. So I don't see the ocean as endangered, but I see the ocean as something that we want to be careful about, kind to. I see it as holy. It's really holy because in the Bible, you know, in any religion it's written that in the beginning there was the ocean, water, the flow, the ease.
0: For anyone that missed that, um, transformational perpetual energy, was it? (laughs)
1: Trans- <laughs> perpetual transmutation of energy, that means energy cannot be destroyed. You know, somebody dies, they are still there in spirit. Oh, yeah. When you have, let's say, let's say it's hot outside, you know, the water becomes steam and it rains down later. Glass is being made of sand, you know. We always kind of recycle energy But this is the thing, we want to be mindful with what kind of energy? We can use any energy, but we want to use a good one, a flowing one, with ease.
0: So, I love this discussion. I'd love to have you back on the show later in the year or next year and see if we can find some way of measuring how we as A species has improved our environment since this uh, podcast recording. But let's just pop back to the growth mindset and the personal development mindset. Um, You work with Bob Proctor. So, Bob's very well known. He's got many, many quotes. Um, Hmm. I'm sure you even know some of his what is your favorite quote of bobs
1: he's hilarious he was telling something that earl nightingale told him if people would write down what they are thinking they would be speechless (laughs) it's really hilarious (laughs) because you know we walk around sometimes we think of our funeral we plan our funeral why would you do that really seriously it's interesting but also one quote that um that is in a book that he mentioned a man is going to be what he wills to be we are what we will to be let's say i'm a very shy person i want to be confident if my will is to be a confident person i simply Faith it till I make it. I, I act in faith that I am already what I seek to be. And I show up. It's a bit like Cary Grant. It wasn't even his name. He invented the character Cary Grant. Acted that person so often that it became his personality. And that is the thing with a self-image, you know. We can build our self-image like the person that would enable herself or himself to achieve the goal that, you know, we desire.
2: And this is huge.
1: That shows we are not destined to have the same lame life as we have it now. It can be really exciting and, you know, basically in an instant. Because it's about choices that we make,
0: decisions that we make. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I love um, I love Bob's quote. The law of prosperity is generosity. If you mm-hmm. want more, give more. And, you know, to me, <clears throat> that's not just about money. It's about energy, right? People mistake mm-hmm. it so often for money. It's about energy. Give your kindness more. Give your love more. Um, And these things will come back to you, you know. Um, You will receive more. So I I really like that quote. Um, What in your experience of studying with Bob was... funny occurrence, like something that wasn't meant to happen, but just happened, because I know Bob's a character, something must have happened at some point.
1: Well, I spoke to him three times in person, I am one of his many, many, many consultants. I can only say the first time I talked to him in person, I felt after that, so almost like, you know, full of electricity because he was able to really read people. He had a very high tuned and in intuition. He would see a person, he would know exactly where they are, where their paradigm is. That is just so amazing. Um, he was my accountability partner for three months on one occasion. Um, Nothing in particular, but yet again everything in particular, because I felt that he was the kind of person I was always seeking for. And I'm very impressed by, you know, him influencing millions of people, really millions. Millions of people that start to study even more mindset now and work on themselves. He always said, get to work, you know. And I think now even, you know. Many people have been really sad that he passed away, but he would say, get back to work because there's more people that we can help. That was his essence. Focus on how he can provide more help for other people. On one occasion, I was talking with him about the book As a Man Thinketh, because there he was my accountability partner. And I asked him something about the book and he took a book out and that obviously must have been pretty old. So he said, listen, (laughs) the book is old and I think it's actually older than me and I'm already really old. (laughs) He had a really good sense of humor. Yeah. But this is the thing about him.
0: Uh, I I wish I got to meet him in person. Um, He's such an inspirational Uh, character and an inspiration to many Um, what would you say um, to anyone out there they're listening to our conversation and they're still not sure what the next steps are
1: well I would say if you don't know yet what your goal is then make a sheet of paper ready for you and write out anything that comes to mind that you want to have to be or to do really write it out let's say for a time frame of about two weeks it could be in you know stuff that is just hilarious maybe you want to have certain type of shoes from gabbana in really crazy colors it could be anything just write it out give yourself permission to write it out without thinking of the how, of the costs, la da And then, you know, make three categories. One is must-haves and really kind of get it on a paper and really rule out what's the one thing that you really want and then make yourself a card and settle for one goal that is for you in regards to personal matters and one for business. But it must be, at the same time, giving you, you know, the kind of butterflies falling in love with feeling, and at the same time scare you. Why scare? The idea is you don't know how to be, to get it. The goal is not. The goal is not the goal. The goal is the growth. Who do you become as a person? How many people do you want to impact? Bill Gates, you know, he became so famous and wealthy because of the impact of how many people he can help with whatever he's doing. And also daily act as that person. Act as if it already happened. This is how to do it. Don't say I become that person once I achieve the goal. Now is the name of the game. Now, not later. We don't know how much time we have. Go in big, really big. Because people who have goals, they are alive. You see people who have goals on the street. They walk fast. They have somewhere to go. They don't waste time. And if you're scared about something, then I'd say it's even better because you wouldn't be scared if you you couldn't do it. Fear will always show up trying to stop us because the very thing that we desire to do is what we can do. I don't talk about crazy stuff. Okay. Not weird stuff. I don't say flash boobs in front of a car or whatever. I mean like goals, you know, a really big goal, something that you don't know how to do it. Be clear on a goal, flexible with how you achieve it.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Um, just a couple of questions before we wrap up. One yeah. is, if anything you've said uh, has resonated with anyone today, uh, how could they reach out and get a hold of you, Susan?
1: Uh, okay, so I have a Facebook group, which is called Diving into Abundance Academy. You see, even in Mindset, I can't take out the diving because I'm a diver, but we're not talking about diving, <laughs> unless you want to. <laughs> And you can find me on Facebook. There's a link tree, so you can also sign up for, you know, a free consult call. For me, it is about serving. I want to help an endless amount of number of people, hundreds of thousands of people, because the why gets bigger and bigger every time. And it is really about changing people's lives.
2: Thank you, I I honor you for that.
0: Um, It's great to connect with like-minded people that are so passionate about similar things. Uh, Last question for you, Suzanne. What does
2: stay outstanding mean to you? No, we are all outstanding.
1: Why would I want to compare myself to somebody else? That is my asset. Why would some, you know, this is the thing. Amateurs compete, but leaders, they create. So being outstanding means, you know, we are on our own path. We have our own, you know, goal. Our life is our party. We decide who we want to be. But most importantly, and that is really important, Victor Franco, who was in the Second World War in concentration camp, as many, you know, beloved fellow Jews. He said, there can't be taken away one thing in life. And that is your ability to choose what you think. That is our free will. That is what makes us outstanding. I choose my own thinking. I choose my own thoughts. I choose my lifestyle. This is what I want to give everybody who is listening to this podcast in hand. You Do your own thing. You decide on your own goal. Don't let anybody tell you what your goal is. It's your life.
0: Amazing, amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that with us, Suzanne. And thank you so much for sharing time with us and giving so much insight and value to the audience. It's been great having you with us today.
1: I thank you a lot.
0: thanks for joining us. If you enjoyed the content and got any value, please do like it, rate it, follow, subscribe, and leave a comment. You'll find us across all the social media channels, YouTube, TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes. It's been my privilege to host you today. I'm Gavin Scott. Until next time, stay outstanding.